We all love to hear about some oddities of the game we love of football. And Timothy P. Brown of Football Archaeology brings us another one of these great formations from yesteryear. It's called the Side Saddle Quarterback Formation, and he's telling us all about it and the team that ran it in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. Darren Hayes, pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pig Pen, and welcome to another edition of Tuesdays where we go and visit Timothy P. Brown of footballarchaeology.com, and he shares one of his most recent tidbits on some great football history with some great insight and uh we really enjoy this. And Tim, tonight you have a great subject uh, to, to talk to us about. And w- welcome back, by the way. Uh, you have a, a tidbit you wrote on side saddle quarterback formation, and uh, we're anxious to hear about it and what you got to history on that. Yeah, so this is one of those where, um, and thank you for your gracious welcome, by the way. <laughs> that, that sort of uh, got thrown in there. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, this is one where, um, you know, I, I enjoy, and I think, you know, people who are into football enjoy kind of uh, some, you know, just some oddities that came along the way, right? And, um, you know, the game did not show up the way, you know, it's packaged today. So, um, and there are some things that were done by, you know, some of the, some of the top coaches ever. Um, that just seem, you know, a bit odd. So um, this one, the, the, the side saddle quarterback, you know, in order to kind of understand it, I, I got to go back another, you know, maybe even 60 years because side saddle was kind of 30s and 40s, uh, and Tennessee especially is who, who used it a lot. But, um, you know, in the so if you think about even rugby today, the guy that we might consider the quarterback, the guy who gets the ball, um, you know, they're having the scrum and they're using their feet to kick the ball back to that person. Then he picks it up and then he tosses it to somebody else. Well, when football began, they did exactly the same thing uh, because they were playing rugby. And then even as they started, you know, uh, going with the rule of possession and downs and, and all of that, they still were doing fundamentally the same thing. The center snapped the ball uh, with his foot. And, you know, the ball was laying on its side. He put his foot on top of it or put his foot in front of it and healed it back or rolled, you know, put his, you know, either way, he rolled, rolled the thing back. And so the ball was coming back unpredictably. And so the quarterback, just like the guy in, in rugby, was kind of squatting behind, a, you know, foot or two behind the, the center and he'd pick the ball up and toss it to somebody else to run with it. So then in football, um, you know, in the like 1890-ish period, they started snapping with their hands. And initially, um, there's a great photo of, of uh, Henry Lewis, who's an All-American center at Harvard, 
you see him snapping with his hand, but he's got the ball on its side. So when they first started snapping the hand, they were still doing just like they did with the feet. They rolled it on its side back to the quarterback. So the quarterback stayed in more or less the same position as that rugby guy and, you know, grabbed the ball and then tossed it. So then, you know, a little bit later on, then they started what we really now think of as snapping, where they were lifting the ball up and tossing it, uh, either lifting it and putting it between their legs where the, the quarterback had his hands, not up on the butt, but down low, and he'd grab it, or they'd just roll it back, or they'd toss it back to him. So a lot of times that, that quarterback, sometimes is directly behind the center, and other times is off to the side, so kind of between the guard center gap. And, um, you know, and I'm not sure exactly what the rationale was for that back in the day, but that all pretty much mostly went away, you know, in the early 19 teens when, you know, the Notre Dame box was getting big and, um, and, you know, the, there was a rule change regarding who could, you know, who, who could run with the ball. The first guy receiving the, the center, the snap from center could now run, run with the ball. And so they started snapping back to the fullback or halfback in the backfield. And so the, the, the whole single wing offense and, you know, the Carlisle formation and all that kind of stuff was coming into play. So a lot of times at that point, the, the quarterback never even touched the ball, but he, he, a lot of times he'd stay in that same position. Sometimes he'd move over a position or two. Um, but there were times that he'd still grit. He'd still get the ball. You know, it's more of a fake, you know, uh, or a change change up for them but then um so then in uh, in the 30s tennessee developed the side saddle qb formation and it got you know it got them to the rose bowl so i mean they were they were a heck of a team you know back then uh they were you know they had a lot of good things going on but the the side saddle quarterback you know like this earlier guy would he'd align in kind of the guard center gap um, and he would, but he'd be perpendicular to the line of scrimmage, right? And he was fate, he was in the guard center gap on the strong side, but he was facing the weak side. And then from there, he could, uh, he could get the snap though that he was more of a faker and blocker than, you know, a runner, but he could get the snap. Mostly they still snapped it back to the, to the deep backs. Um, and, you know, it was just a, you know, I think uh, they had the belief that this could be something that um, that aligning him that way confused the offense, or I'm sorry, confused the defense, and it allowed him to do you know spin moves and reverse out and lead you know lead blocking to the weak side more effectively because um, they used to run dive you know dives to the weak side and he'd head over to the weak side and and uh, you know smash up in there. Um, so it, it's just one of those goofy things that it's like, you know, I don't know how they figured out that they thought, you know, why exactly why they thought this was better than other approaches, but um, it worked. And so then uh, there were, you know, after that, then there were guys from Tennessee, you know, guys who played there, um, like uh, uh, Bowden Wyatt. He ended up being the coach at, at uh, Wyoming after the war or yeah, in 47. And then he was at Arkansas and then he ended up being the coach at Tennessee, but they, you know, he continued using it though. He converted 
to the side saddle running a T rather than the single wing. Um, and there were other guys, you know, place another guy used it at Wyoming. Uh, it was used at Amherst Brown and BYU, um, BYU even in the early 60s. And then the one that, you know, maybe surprises most people is that in um, the guy named, um, I believe his last name is Bede. I'm not sure it's Bede or Beedy, but Dick Bede from Youngstown State. Um, he He's the guy who invented the penalty flag. But um, he ran the side saddle in the late 60s and early 70s. And one of his last quarterbacks was, got, was a guy named Ron Jaworski. So, you know, Jaworski, I mean, it's it's new enough that if you're old enough to remember John or Ron Jaworski as a player, uh, then um, then this side saddle thing is a little bit closer, <laughs> you know, than you might expect. You know, it's not that far back in in the game's history. So, I don't know, it's just one of those little oddities. It's just kind of fun to think about and uh, and you know how they ended up, you know, coming up with this thing. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely interesting. It's uh, very unique. And I think these coaches, you know, they're that's what makes football so interesting. It's all these games within a game and a strategy. And how can you put the defense under duress to gain an advantage in changing formation, having something they're not used to seeing? Uh, I'm sure that gains an advantage real quick uh, if a defense isn't ready for it. So probably somebody like Bill Belichick or somebody will bring this out one of these upcoming seasons yeah. and we'll all sit there and say, Hey, Tim talked about that back uh, last year. Well, yeah. Be- Belichick's a big uh, old time football scholar. So he's, he's, I'm sure he's very familiar with, uh, with this thing, but um, yeah, if anybody would pull it, pull it out, it'd probably be, be Belichick. Well, well look at the, the NFL uh, basically brought the single wing back what 10 years yeah. ago when they they call it the wildcat but they're running single single wing uh, principles yeah yeah i mean that it that's what a lot of that stuff is even you know some of the things like the the counter tray and you know i mean that goes back a little bit further but that's just wing t type stuff as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. you know and so yeah there it's what's old is new again and uh, you know it's sometimes it's you know the what's what we think of as new sometimes just somebody under comparable you know situations it came up with the same thing all on their own right and other times they were just watching an old film or you know came across some concept and you know they borrowed from the old guys but either way hey if it reinvigorates the game and and uh, brings in something what what looks to be new you know that's great yeah, most definitely. Well, Tim, speaking about something new, you have something new that comes out each and every day in your tidbits, uh, something new to us that's actually old in the game of football. <laughs> and uh, we really appreciate the, the wide array of uh, things that you present to us each week. Now, there's people out there that are always wondering how they can be uh, enjoying on these tidbits each and every day. And uh, if you could share that secret with them, uh, they'd be much obliged. Yeah, so it's uh, no secret at all. Uh, if you're if you're interested in it and in, you know reading the the articles every day, just go to football archaeology footballarchaeology.com, Subscribe, uh, it's free. So and you'll just get an email every day with the um, you know with the information in your inbox. I mean, you can still go to the site and read read the past, read the archives, etc. 
Um, the other alternative is, you know, I post each tidbit on uh, Twitter. So you can follow me on Twitter at football archaeology. And uh, that's it. But hopefully uh, either way you, you get it and you read it and you have fun with it. Yeah, and the beauty of it is football history is evergreen. So whether you look at it tonight or you look at it 10 years from now, it's still going to be the same and yeah. uh, yep. it's history. So still be refreshing. So Tim, uh, really appreciate you sharing and uh, your time and your knowledge with us in this great football history. And we will talk to you again next Tuesday. Very good. Thank you, Darren. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.